Hi, friend. Thank you for joining us at Pasture Experience Podcast. This podcast, inspired by Psalm 23, is a safe space to be honest with yourself, experience the Trinity on your own pasture journey, and join our soul-nourishing conversations wherever you are on your spiritual path. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you feel encouraged and known. Well, I am so excited to be here with the Trina Paulus, um, the author of Hope for the Flowers. Trina, thank you so much for making time to be with us today on the Pasture Podcast. Well, it's my honor and pleasure. Thank Mm, you. This is so fun. I can't even imagine. Um, (laughs) I I found out about your book, Hope for the Flowers. Um, There's a sweet little bookstore in downtown Columbia called Duck River Books, and I found it on the bottom shelf, and I sat there and proceeded to ugly cry while reading it on the floor because it spoke so much to me about your call for unclimbing and this hunger for maybe something else is out there that's more. Um, can you just tell us what inspired you to write this book? Well, it's my only book up to now. I have three others in my pocket, but I've not been able to illustrate like I once did. So. I'm not the young chick I was almost 50 years ago when when I worked at that. Well, I think you look great. Thank you. (laughs) Um, When somebody had died or somebody was in great trouble, when I was growing up, I thought of the text from the Mass, I'm a Catholic, and uh, life has changed, not taken away. Hmm. And I always thought, the caterpillar and the cocoon and the butterfly were the best images for radical, revolutionary change. You mm. cannot look at a caterpillar if you don't know in advance and think that there's a, a flying creature inside. It just doesn't look real at all. And I would make a card and give it to people for that. So that was the first thing. And then I worked in Egypt. I worked with girls, some of whose fathers made $50 a year. Can you imagine? Can you Gosh. imagine? And helped develop a woman's cooperative there doing embroidery. That's still going on four generations later, if you can imagine such a thing. That's pretty neat. That's amazing. And mm-hmm. unusual. That's Achmim, Egypt. Achmim, A-K-H-M-I-M. Hmm. And, and I realized that there was something so terribly unequal here, hmm. so 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 awful so so awful that the people say who did the weaving in that town got the lowest amount of money when the thing was finally sold hmm. and exported, and that still goes on today hmm. and so uh i wanted to do something about that and i didn't dream i'd be writing a book now also at that time this is the 1960s the catholic church had just uh, the, the Pope John the Twenty Third has said, "Ah, oh, this place is stuffy. We have to open the windows to let the spirit blow through." And he's <laughs> Vatican, Vatican Council, Vatican Two, and that's when the mass went into English and a lot. And we were sort of given back our responsibility to follow our conscience and hmm. couldn't just obey your way into heaven. <laughs> you had to right. do some more than that. Mm. So I wrote this book about hope for my movement called The Grail, which is an international women's movement, the one I went to Egypt with and was active, active building up the, the art, the art center there at Grailville and selling my statues and stuff around the world, actually, uh, mostly in this country. 
So I wrote this book on the theology of hope using the ideas of Teilhard de Chardin. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. And then later on, Thomas Berry carried on and other people with the, the idea of evolution being such a beautiful way that God's worked with the earth. So mm. it's, so we, we never had any problems with it. Some people do. You know, creation can happen in all kinds of ways mm -hmm. and creation stories can happen in all kinds of ways. And, and still we have a, a one who loves us, who's the first, first one from whom we all come. Um, so those are the things. And then I came back from Egypt and I had a fluky experience of uh, some someone from Paulist Press being at a meeting that I was at. And it gave him the book and he read it overnight and he says, come to see us in New York. And so I got a contract that evolved into Hope for the Flowers. It was not... Hmm. It was not there in the beginning. And uh, so then I did Hope for the Flowers. And uh, I don't know how I did that exactly. I think it was a gift of God, actually. Well, and uh, It's and a gift it just, to all of us who read it. Well, isn't it wonderful? I still get something out of it myself. You <laughs> because, do? Oh, yeah, because we all have our pillars all the time. Yeah. We're always tempted for the pillar. Right. And we're all, we're all wounded healers. That's a phrase I really love a lot. Mm. That we're wounded healers. We don't have to wait till we're perfect. Right, right. To reach out and to share and to do what we can. And right. Can you tell our, our Can you tell billion, our listeners? Get our billion dollars and then we'll do something good for the world. Uh, uh, I uh -uh. don't know. That's the way it goes. I, the poor in Egypt were so generous. Mm. Giving people's last food is is a scary proposition when you know you don't need it and they do. Yeah. And yet hospitality says, accept it with gratitude. Absolutely. And that's the way God treats us, really. Absolutely. Trina, I love your your heart in this book where you talked about how the caterpillars are climbing this pillar, but then all of a sudden one of them kind of says, I think, what if there's something more? That, that like, that's where I started ugly crying because part of our my journey was coming to my husband after 15 years of ministry and saying, what if we just love people, but it looks different than working at a church? And, and so, I mean, what you talk about in this, in this book about climbing, unclimbing, kind of putting aside your ego and kind of following the stirring for this idea that there's something more. What was that like when you were writing this? Well, it just seems so normal to me. Mm -hmm. You asked me the question, earlier about my unclimbing I guess I got a lot of that from my parents my parents weren't climbing my father was an engineer hmm. worked in Cleveland for the electric illuminating company and my mother basically was a stay-at-home mom hmm. the yeah. oldest of four but I never heard them speak badly about any people so I was given the great gift of no having not having any inbuilt prejudices against groups at all. I can't think of anything they ever said. And so I I was, I took, when you asked me that question earlier, I just thought, hmm. I took things I understood seriously. I thought, if there's a problem, I shouldn't wait for someone else to do something about it. I should try to do something myself. And then when I was taught about religious matters, I thought, okay, if these things are so important, I should practice them. Hmm. 
And then the idea of the mystical body of Christ, actually, that we're all parts of it. We're all a part of it. And one part is not more important than the other. Um, These were the things that thrilled me. And then I got involved deeply at this in high school level. And I heard about the place called Grailville. And I gave up two college scholarships to go there. Wow. Work in the library and in the laundry, actually, for 40 people. And uh, it was wonderful. After 12 years of school, to have a situation where you're on a 300-acre farm and you do mm-hmm. man, you can think and you can pray and you have time for, to meditate and, and work hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it was just a wonderful thing. So in a way, that that sort of was crawling off of a pillar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it just... I feel I've had an ordinary life, but... You know, from day to day, everybody's life probably feels ordinary to them. But when you look back on it, I've done so many different things. When I came back from Egypt, I realized this was the important country to work in, actually. Hmm. Because we have such a a dreadful and almost obscene influence in the world. And so it's really important, like with the climate catastrophe catastrophe we're facing, Mm -hmm. that we deal with it here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our not dealing with things it doesn't affect just us or me. Mm-hmm. It affects the whole world. Mm-hmm. So, so these are the things. So the idea of revolution became very important. And by the way, an interesting phenomena, the only place that took it off the cover, the Chinese left it on, the... Lots about revolution is, is the, on the cover of the book. Okay. Lots about hope, lots about revolution. Right. And the, they all kept it on except the pirated version in Iran. And I understand in Iran, it's a it's a underground bestseller. Stop it. Yes. I think that's wonderful. Oh, it's that pirated. Makes... I mean, I, and I can't have any relationships with these people because of the, <sighs> the swords pointing at, back and forth um but i'm so glad it's there i'm Aww. just so glad it's there to to make some peace and uh, they've made a uh, a whole musical of it in persian in the language oh. and i i can't understand a word but he sent me some of the songs and, <sighs> and it's such a delicate relationship i don't know how to really have a relationship with the, oh. the people in Iran, but I'm so glad it's so glad to have that. And with China, too, and with Korea and and Russia, it's just so neat to have these international relations with with it all. So that, that's one of the big blessings of it. And we're headed to the 50th anniversary. It's hard to believe that this is the 50th anniversary summer of signing that contract. Gosh. And then the book wasn't published for a couple of years, but then pretty soon. So. Gee whiz, it's, it's, a, it's a big blessing. What a gift. What a gift. And I think that because hope just, I mean, it transcends every language. It transcends all people and yes. cultures. Yeah, Your call to hope is, is so powerful. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for your enthusiasm because we, we need it very badly. And we need people to also commit themselves to the hard work yeah. to build to build the social structures that the world needs, not just individually, yes. but to change structures, to change them, to be more 
fair. Yes. More just. Yes. More love. No, I yeah. love your heart for that uh, equality and seeing all people as as um, ones who matter. And if you come down off the pillar, you can do that, and then you can fly, yes. and then you can take, then you can. And the, and the image, that's what's wonderful about it. The, the butterflies can fly then, and they can carry the love from flower to flower who don't fly. So and, true. And, and then they get rewarded with the nectar from the flowers. So we don't just do things for others. We get rewarded by them in ways that we might not expect. So It's so that's true. It I love it. I'm, I'm not going to ruin the end of your book because we're going to put it in the show notes so that everybody I mean this is honestly one of my top five favorite books like if it was Halloween I would hand this out like candy it is so life-changing but the, that I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful to have it to hand out myself oh I bet I bet but just that beauty of of what we can become and believing in in what doesn't make sense you know I love that one page where you have where she crawls up and she starts doing making her cocoon and she in- instinctually knows what to do and she's like this is kind of messy but but that hope that's that's in us of something more, that invitation that God puts in all of us. And one of the important little parts is almost, it, you can hardly notice it. She's just desolate because her lover, Skadripe, has gone back on the pillar and she wanders away finally. Mm-hmm. And then she's not so intent on finding her solution as not to notice that there's this old caterpillar all twisted up in something so she said you seem to be in trouble can I help Hmm. that's the key question that's the grail question of all those knights who are looking for the grail and most of them pass they all pass by the fisher king who's ailing Hmm. instead of asking what ails thee yes they're so keen on finding their 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 grail that that goal that they put so high that they don't notice the human being who's hmm. right there. So it's beautiful. So that's an important piece of it. And you just slip right over it. It just happens so naturally within the story. And he hmm. says, no, my dear, I have to do this to become a butterfly. Yes. Then, then she gets the key. Yep. Then he tells her, what's a butterfly? And then he, he tells her that he gives her the secret then because she asked the question. Mm-hmm. she stopped her own search to ask the question. Mm. So isn't that where it all begins? Asking the questions, <laughs> asking the questions and being open for an answer yeah. that you might not expect. Absolutely. That's so true. I ask all my, all my guests, you know, um, where in the pasture, where in Psalm 23 do, do you most, where, where are you finding yourself in that journey right now? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Hmm. That's uh I feel I'm finding myself in every piece of it. <sighs> that's uh sometimes it feels like some green pastures, but a lot of times it's in the dark valley because our country and our world is in such a dark valley in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So uh and then the, the things that I don't manage anymore and growing old is, is a difficult thing to face the fact that likely one's life of, of productivity and having all your marbles is limited. 
You how many? Best. How many more years can you work? I'm. I'll be 88 this summer. Ah, uh, that's that's uh, you know, and it's just a number, right? <laughs> Your spirit is no, so young. It's it's a just a number, but but there are certain aches and pains and things that happen. Yeah, that uh, make it aware that you're likely to have a lot more years of service than I can. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm inspired by your, your life and the way you're living and the, the call you're offering all of us. So right maybe one day I, I can be like you. Well, oh, no, you don't have to be like mm. you. You have, like me, you have to be like you. Yes. And I am. Yeah. True, true. Like and, uh, I mean, I, I, you said something that's curious to me and hmm. you're not the one being interviewed, but I'm interested in why you left the ch- your church hmm. to do another kind of ministry. Oh, I love that you just asked that. <laughs> I felt like there was something more and I didn't know how the words to even say it. But I, I just remember looking at my husband and saying, I want to love people and not get paid from a church. I want to do organic love. I want to have cocktails on the porch with my neighbors and I want to invite people that are hurting in my home and... I don't want to feel tethered to this building. I want it. I want the sanctuary to come outside and on in our living room and in the neighborhood. And I want to do it different. So I think that's why I so resonated with with your book because it was it was that it was started with the question. That, that's uh, that's similar to my life in a sense. I decided for a young Catholic girl really interested in religion. Yeah. Becoming a nun at that time in the 40s was was a likely direction that she would go. But mm. I had this sense of wanting to be out in the world. And I knew I needed a spiritual formation to yeah. do that. So, yeah. so that's what I that's why I went to Grailville for a spiritual formation and and we worked very hard and we and but I'm so grateful for it. Mm. It's the best decision I ever made, and it didn't look like it at that time. You can imagine how your how my parents felt about giving up two college scholarships to go and work in a laundry. I mean, that's not exactly what you think you're you're smart kid, right? <laughs> well, sometimes sometimes the the pi- the faith pioneering journey looks looks crazy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It does. But I love that you did. I mean, I can't imagine. If you would have stayed there, what what is bringing you hope these days? What's bringing me hope? It's probably meeting someone like you. It's probably meeting the other people I work with who haven't given up, who still are trying to do things. The people I know in the permaculture movement, hmm. people I know who are who are struggling to change the structures hmm. and doing it in a positive way hmm. because. Because one of the things that I wrestled with when I was evacuated out of Egypt and revolution was in the big talk every place, I remember going to the Palais de Beaux-Arts in Brussels where the young people were occupying the big room. You can imagine all the Rembrandts and everything hanging on the wall of this major, beautiful museum saying, and I asked one of them, do you really think if you take down the whole old order, something beautiful will come? Mm. Yes. And I realized I wasn't so sure. So that question, that's why the revolution is so important in Hope for the Flowers. 
it has to be a revolution. You don't kill the caterpillar to get a butterfly. Right. You have to go through something and then, but, but the change is much more dramatic than most people dream of. Yes. Here we have that, that change. Ah, such a dramatic change Mm. that it's possible. Completely. So, so so you have this, this amazing transformation. So, and that's, that's kind of a revolution. Mm -hmm. It's an evolution, but it's a revolution too. It changes. It's, it's not just, you know, another foot or something like that. It's right. a radical. It's a really radical change. And we need that. We need that today. Yeah. And I'm afraid if we don't, we're like lemmings just rushing for the cliff, going to fall off with war and fighting and 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 despair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the poverty and the death mm-hmm. and, and the climate destroying our own nest. Mm-hmm. What kind of creature destroys its own nest right um for what for greed hmm. for money. to arrive and then look you at, get there and look, there's no arrival i look at people with a lot of money and say what do they need any more for yeah. what is this game that we're playing with mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. an acquisition and oh dear dear becca we do what we can right we do what we can we become yeah. something every every day we're becoming, right? We we hope to do what we can. And so when we lie down for our last breath, we have felt we've done what we can in this world as much as we're able to. Mm-hmm. And know that God will forgive us for what we haven't managed. Amen. Something like that. Amen. So beautifully said. Trina, as we, we close our time, what what wisdom or life experience would you love to pass on to those who are with us right now? Well, I want to say again that we're all wounded healers. We're all wounded healers. In some way or another, we're wounded healers. We're imperfect. And yet we can't just say, I'm going to wait till I'm perfect (laughs) to do anything. Because I think that's that's not going to happen. Fair. Not this life. Right. We do it scared. We do what we can. Yes. Did you say we do it scared? We do it scared. Yeah, we do it scared. scared. <laughs> That's our yeah, revolution. We get on scared. We get on Skype scared. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but we're we're trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um so that is so I think that's just such beautiful wisdom. Um thank you for being with us today. Um how can I invite people to find out about you to, I mean, I want everybody in the whole world to buy a fulfillion copies of Hope for the Flowers and give it out to all their neighbors. But how else can we join your revolution? Well, you can get on my website, which is hopefortheflowers.com. And uh, it's, it's a temporary one because my old one, my computer died and then my website died. And so we have this up temporarily and you can order the book that way, and and I guess, ah, uh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's all I can say. Nope, but, that's great. But do it something in your own life. That's what's important. Do what you can. Join with others. Become a community of caring. Yes. Or something like that. I love that. Thank you okay. for the mark that you have left on me and the inspiration you are. Um, I've loved every minute of just getting to connect with you. Thank you. Thank I'm you. glad to see you and meet you in person. I know. I wish I could hug you. Bye, bye. Oh. Uh-huh.
Thank you, Trina. Have a beautiful day. Virtual hug. <laughs> Virtual hug. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk Bye. soon. Bye-bye. As always, thank you for taking time out of your space and your um, day to join us here at Pasture Experience Podcast. I hope that you were able to, during our time, um, just listen to yourself and experience a new nugget of how the shepherd is inviting you and meeting you. Um, And I'd love to just end our time reading Psalm 23 over you as you go about your day. May you know that he is with you regardless of what your circumstances look like. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Grace and space to you today.